Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash A-H-T-T. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Ain't hard to tell. We are in the final episodes of the year. Uh, this is episode 160. That is part one of two part series that we do. You know we do it this time of the year. Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca here, and we are doing our annual Ain't Hard to Tell Hip Hop Awards, where we talk about the best in hip hop in 2020. Now, I know 2020 uh, has been a challenging year for some people, dealing with everything, getting adjusted to life uh, with the pandemic. But look, it wasn't going to stop us from listening to some music, listening to some hip-hop at all whatsoever. I mean, it's one of the things that we had to make us feel good uh, through this time. And I mean, music always makes me feel good. So uh, we are going to get into it. I guess, first of all, we'll start with this. What did you think, Brian, of the year in hip-hop? Um, I think we talked about it a lot on this podcast where it was like, all right, the year started off slow. We were kind of waiting for those albums, and then we got... Yeah some of what we wanted. What did you think about this year in hip-hop? It was very slow to start, I feel like. We got some good projects early in the year that both of us liked, um, some of which I was able to play throughout much of the year, uh, a couple of them especially, and we'll get to that more in the next episode where we review our albums of the year. But uh, there was a lot of good stuff that came out early on that we had like a little lull. I, I probably expected more music faster during the pandemic. A lot of people were, I guess, taking more time crafting things like that. And then toward the end, not the end of the pandemic, because we're still in it, unfortunately, but toward the end of the summer, once like Nas came out, Griselda all came out and there were some other projects in the midst of that. We just had Static Selecta on it. He dropped recently. There were a lot of good albums that came out, especially in the second half of the year, that really rearranged a lot of people's sort of album of the year uh, lists, I feel like. Even Freddie Gibbs dropping Alfredo with Alchemist in May was unexpected because he just kind of dropped a song and then all of a sudden the album came out. It wasn't like uh-huh. Bandana where that was in the works for a while and we knew it or whatever. It kind of just came out of nowhere. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that tomorrow, uh, the next time we record and do, uh, you know, albums of the year and stuff. But overall, very strong year in hip hop. I actually think looking over my albums list, I think album for album, this was the strongest, maybe the strongest year we've had uh, since we started doing the album of the year, uh, not the album of the year, the hip hop awards thing in 2017. So this is our fourth yeah. year doing it, which yep. is important to know. But I think these I think these are the strongest albums we've had. Huh, I had to go back and think about that. I felt like 2017 was really good, too. Um, this Maybe. might... Also, to remember people, and we'll tell you this for the next episode in 2017, and all the previous years we've done this, we only did five albums. 
this year because Brian is indecisive. We are doing 10. Uh, so giving you a little bit more bang for your buck. All right. So to kick it off for this episode, we are not doing the albums. That will all be in the next episode, part two of this, um, which I know you're sure to check out. We have, uh, let's see, we have one, two, three, four, five, six categories that we'll get through in this episode. We're going to go through them uh, for you. They'll be EP of the year, which is a new category. We have not done this one before. Producer of the year, non-hip-hop album of the year, which we always do to show people we listen to a little bit more than hip-hop. Uh, verse of the year, song of the year, hip-hop song of the year, and hip-hop artist of the year. All right. We're going to start off with EP of the year. How do you want to do this? You want to go first? You want me to go first? How do you want to do it? Well, we have six categories, so we should flip-flop. We can switch. So whoever you want to go first here, whatever. And All right, you, you, I'll let you go first on, on EP of the year. Yeah. Oh, this is a hard category. All of, I, I, For the most part, these categories were all pretty difficult. Um, respectfully, producer of the year wasn't. But most of these categories were pretty difficult. EP of the year was stressful because I had five EPs I really liked. I'm not going to mention all of them because I feel like one of them will be uh, one of your EP or your EP of the year. Okay. You think you, I will you, think you know me? Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's three that I have here that I'm not going to mention. My One of my big runner-ups that I almost gave this award to, uh, and I'm going to shout them out real quick. Denzel Curry and Kenny Beats had a great EP uh, called Unlocked. It was like eight joints. It was like 17, 18 minutes of music. Denzel Curry, he had bars on those records. The production, the production from Kenny Beats was really strong. You and I both like the synergy between one artist and one producer, even if mm -hmm. it's just an EP. I recommend this project to, to you even because I think that you know Denzel Curry has done some of his best rapping on it, and I just wish it was a little bit longer, but you know it was great. But my EP of the year is actually an EP called Drop Six by Lil Sims, who I had in my runner-up for album of the year last year with Grey Area, Lil Sims, black woman from the uk she can spit with the best of them uh she's one of the best rappers in the world right now it's just five joints it's probably like roughly 15 minutes of music or whatever and all the records are really good um this this was released during the pandemic which is discussed a little bit uh might bang might not is probably my favorite record and it's the first record it's it's really good like Lil sims i i'm gonna be following her career for a minute because everything she's been putting out lately is fire i unfortunately did not get to that ep and i'm mad i didn't it's good. um it's i think good, man. i think you had told me uh earlier and i did not get to it um and i'm really mad i didn't but i have no doubt that it is really good uh, we want to let people know like this stuff is tough with hip-hop you know we, brian and i were talking about this other day it's tough to review stuff. It is tough to uh, listen to everything. We try to listen to as much stuff um, as we possibly can, um, but it's hard. Uh, EPs, you know, I thought there were some decent ones this year. Um, I think Brian probably is right now thinking about it. He probably does know what I'm going to pick because I think it, this EP spoke to me uh, probably in a, in a different way. The artist... This artist put out two EPs this year, actually. Yeah. I thought they yeah. both were solid. They're, They're like, both yeah. on my list. <laughs> They're both on your list. Uh, and we had him, we had the artist on the podcast to talk about this EP, which is my favorite AP of the year, EP of the year. And it was Sky Zoo uh, with Dumbo Station, Italian jazz band, uh, with their EP called The Bluest Note. Uh, really good five song EP. Love what Sky did on this. Uh, Sky Zoo and I are really big fans of jazz. 
it probably shapes a lot of our taste in hip hop a lot that you Sky Zoo's always had that influence but for him to lean in totally he kind of did this on uh uh what uh in celebration of us he kind of leaned in on a lot of jazz on that album but here on this EP he really just goes in with a uh very talented Italian jazz band uh Dumbo Station who I checked out their work after getting through you know listening to this and they're really dope um but just a couple really good songs and it's good enough reasons which is the lead single off of it and sing comfortably uh, some of my favorite songs of the year, easily. Yeah. Uh, really good songs, really good vibe. Just capture it. I'd like to see Sky Zoo and Dumbo Station do more. This also came out during the pandemic. Um, so it's, it's interesting how we sometimes are going to have pieces of work that are going to be very much attached to when the pandemic started. Uh, this one is one of those for me. Uh, it gave me a lot of calm. I remember listening to this a lot when I had to try to go to the supermarket and deal with long lines and avoiding people and all this stuff. You know, this was constantly on repeat. So I'll always associate it with, with the pandemic, but in a positive way of kind of keeping my keeping me chill with the jazz I like and also um, you know, just give me that sound that I like as well too. So taking my mind off some things. So yeah, now nah, Bluest Note, if you haven't heard that, check it out. That is my EP of the year. Uh shout out to Sky Zoo, uh three-time veteran of the podcast. Uh, sure, we'll have him up for a fourth time uh, with his new album on the, the way. All, all the brilliant things. We're waiting, also, we're waiting he, on that. Yep. Yeah, and he dropped Milestones, which was another one that was up there for me. Yeah. Uh, that was the other EP he had, and then Russ's EP. That was one that look, I was surprised. Yep. Russ that was that was a, that was in the running for me. He brought Rapidy rappers up there: Crooked Eye, Benny the Butcher, Conway, Absol, and hung with everybody. Um, Black thought. The whole thing, Black Thought, the whole thing about being Italian, we talking with our hands. That was one of my favorite bars right. in the whole thing. That was in the song. And, and and he skated on a primo beat. That's another thing that's me, which which was really dope. That was a strong EP, and I've been bump- it came out later in the year, but I've been bumping it. It definitely had consideration for me. So did Milestones, uh, one by Sky Zoo, which he put out on Father's Day. It pained me. It pained me not to like Blue and Snow and Unlocked were oh there were two and three. It was right there for me. But Lil Sims, man, she's great. Honestly. Yeah. Now I gotta go. Now see, I didn't even check that out. So now I gotta go check that out. If you haven't checked out those EPs, definitely do. All right, next, uh, we are going to what? What? What are we going to? Sorry, let me get my notes here. Oh, producer of the year. Now yeah. I'm pretty confident that Brian and I have the same person for this. Um, and so we are not going to probably waste your time, uh, going through it, but, uh, Brian, is, is it hit boy for you? Because it's hit boy for me. It's hit boy for me also. I mean, look, and we'll, <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk more about King's disease in the next episode. So we're just going to save that. But King's disease, he did work on Dom Kennedy's album. He did work on another album. We're going to talk about tomorrow. I'm sure Benny the butchers, uh, like hit boy just went crazy this year. He did. Uh, Big Sean's album, which had Deep Reverence, which is one of the better songs that came out this year with the Nipsey Hussle verse. Um, there's just a lot that Hit Boy did this year. And like he was just on a different level. It's one of the best producer runs that I've probably ever seen, just in terms of like a year in totality. Uh, right there with them, I felt like, was Static Selecta and Alchemist. I thought they both had great years as well. Yep. And I'm, we're going to talk more about them as well. But because they have projects that we very much like, but Hit Boy, it was Hit Boy for me, and I felt like it was pretty easy throughout the year. Yeah, I felt it was pretty easy. It was a runaway, and I think for I think it took Hit Boy 
into this year specifically, I should say, took him into a new category, a pantheon of, of producers. I think he's now pushed himself into that upper echelon where, you know, when you can do albums like this, when it sounds so good sonically, when it's so diverse in what you can do in sound, and you kind of look at his production discography now, um, he's got King's Disease under his belt. He's got this Benny album under his belt, two in the same year that I think many people are going to regard very highly. We will talk about that more. But just sonically, what he was able to do and just some of the beats, I mean, he's got most of my favorite beats of the year. Um, you know, um, you know, One Way Trip off the Benny album is probably one of my favorite beats. It's real soulful, um, really good. He's done a lot of good production. I'm really intrigued to 27 see. 27 Summers. 27 which Summers. Which he says in the tweet, he said in the tweet not that long ago that he thinks that's probably the best beat he made this year. Yeah. And I, I wish Nas had a second verse. Because every time I hear it, I, I tweeted this, and friend of the show, Christina Correga, agreed with me on Twitter. I was like, you cannot hear 27 Summers just one time. Yes. Man. It never gets played. It never gets played one time, not in this house. In fact, my daughter loves this song. Absolutely loves this song. She requested it last night when I was giving her a bath. And you know what happens the when clean, right? clean version. We play the clean version first. Yeah. So she 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 does not get the word that starts off the song. Uh, if you know the song, you know. I don't have my daughter saying that word. However, she did request it in the bathtub yesterday. And when the song is over, you know what Simone says again because she needs to hear that beat again. She loves that song. So when I was driving Simone somewhere, we're in the crib. She's always listening. Look. If your daughter's listening to it and it's jamming, it's good, man. So hip hip boy, salute on a great year. Um, just just tremendous. I think Brian and I were in agreement with this for quite some time yeah. <laughs> throughout the year. So he he just ben, killed Benny it. Benny album solidified it for me. All right. I was like, I don't know who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna lap this. Yeah, because I just thought he had two albums where he did the whole album and he had his imprint all over it and the production was fantastic. Amazingly great. Um all right, this next category, uh, non-hip-hop album of the year. Now, I'm going to go first on this one because I actually am very intrigued as to what Brian said. Brian texted me and was like, yo, son, <laughs> you're not going to believe what I picked for non-hip-hop album of the year. And I, we, You and I have never, on this podcast or on the phone, in person, whatever, yeah. we've never talked about this artist. Never talked about mention. this artist. So I'm, I'm going to be very shocked. Him before. For me, uh, my non-hip-hop album of the year is... A reggae album. Um, it's called "In Search of Lost Time" by Protege. Uh, one one of my one of my favorite artists. Um, it is a ten track album that is really solid, really, really, really solid all the way through. It is probably one of the best reggae releases I've listened to in terms of American reggae releases. Right in a, in a full album in a long time. It actually and it kind of is funny about this album in terms of reggae. It fusions a lot of hip hop sound in it, um, and and it's it's very interesting. So, uh, featured on this al- feature on this album is one of my other one of my favorite like young reggae artists right now, uh, Coffee, who's just lyrically absolutely dope. Protege, obviously nice in his own. Chronic's another guy I like those. I like that Roots reggae, Damian Marley. That's kind of my vibe, um, and a lot of the reggae I listen to. But this is in it. There's some good hip hop features. Wiz Khalifa's on this on this album, uh, which is which is really good. I highly recommend it to everybody. If you like hip hop, you like reggae. Popcorn's on this album. Uh, another uh, young reggae artist who put out a dope EP this year. If I had to put a non hip hop EP, uh, Lila Ike. She's also really good. She sings on this album. Ten tracks, nice listen, 
38 minutes, uh, 36 minutes. Yeah, 36 minutes. Really smooth listen. Strong. That is my non-hip-hop album of the year. Uh, you know, shout out to Jamaica. Shout out to Protege. Really strong album. If I had to put it in one, it's probably one of my favorite albums of the year, period. So it's great. Brian looks here with his face. He's just itching to shock me with whatever he has to say here now of his non-hip-hop album of the year. Okay, Brian, shock me and shock the world, please. Let me back this up with a few with a few caveats, right? A few things. So this album has gotten a lot of critical acclaim this year. Uh, it's also in the same vein that you're mentioning, that sort of reggae, dancehall, a little bit of hip-hop in it, whatever, right? Um, this has gotten a lot of critical acclaim this year. I'm going to throw out some names of producers who have produced on this album. Timbaland, he's got a couple things on here. Diddy, Mario Wynes. Uh, features on the album include Stormzy, who we both like. Oh, okay. Naughty, I think I know what this is now. Naughty by Nature. <laughs> I think I album. know. I'm not sure. So the art. Right. So the album of the year for me, non-hip-hop album of the year for me, is an album called Twice as Tall by Burner Boy. Ah. Nigeria. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, so okay, so okay, so on the Afro beats tip, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I yo, I, and you can see me, someone who's Puerto Rican, someone who's Latino, grew up listening to hip hop and salsa, and you know all this I can stuff. See it. You can see where like this album kind of speaks to me in that way. So you know, I, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't understand everything that Burner Boy was saying, but <laughs> I have a gift for being able to understand a lot of different accents, so I understood most of what was going on here. But it's just 52 minutes, 15 tracks, but yo, it's just banger after banger after banger on this album, man. So Burner Boy, that's my non-hip-hop album of the year, twice a song. Yo, it surprised wh me. What's crazy is I actually listened to some of this album uh, early in the year, and I was there were some songs I really liked and some stuff I was not uh, feel as much. Does he have a song with Damian Marley on there? I don't think so. Not I'm on there. I'm trying but to remember. It was, he had a song with somebody I liked on there, and I actually ended up ended up looking at it, listening to it, and I thought it was. I don't think I finished it. To be fair, um, just hear it again. It's good. And all right, it, it, I have to it, listen it, to it, it again. I did like the second half. Uh, you know, there there you know a couple songs I could just do it out generally, but like yo, it it was it was. I didn't hear a lot of non-hip-hop this year, but this is something that I saw like a lot of my friends like. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw it getting a level of critical acclaim. I was familiar with Burner Boy because I started seeing his name pop up like within the last couple of years and start hearing more of his songs. He actually has a song out now that I can't stop listening to that's in Grand Theft Auto V that they just threw in there as part of the new uh, you know, heists that they just updated in the game. They're not making a new Grand Theft Auto, so they just keep updating it. But that song is even great, even though it's just called Getting Money, but it's very hypnotic. Yeah, I, I did not realize he has a song with Chris Martin from Coldplay on this album. Yes. Uh, yeah, did yeah. not realize that. That, that is, song is good, too. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a Coldplay fan. So I'm, that's, wow, that's like interesting. It. Yeah, yeah. Very, look, it, it was interesting. That's another thing that got me. I was like, wait, Timberland, Mario Wynas, uh, See, Naughty Diddy, by Nature. Diddy's got some protection on here. Diddy, like, I was just mm -hmm. sort of Stormzy, you know what I mean? And I listen to some of the UK rap. I like Stormzy, I like Skepta, you know, yep. uh, Chipmunk, uh, Tiny Tempa. And like, I was curious. And look, this album sounds very good, man. I was very impressed. Like a lot of the, I was looking at Metacritic. The Metacritic average is kind of like an 80 out of 100, which, you know, can be suspect sometimes. But generally across the board, favorable reviews here. 
um, you know, which, you know, is good. I mean, there's something I don't pay a lot of stock into because we kind of overrate a lot of people when it comes to that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I defer because this is not a genre that I'm a thousand percent up on, or at least not in the way that I am with hip hop. But, you know, shout out to Burner Boy, Twice as Tall. Good All right, shout out to Burner Boy, Twice as Tall. Check that out if you haven't listened to it. All right. Uh, for me, I, did you have any runner-ups for non-hip-hop album of the year? For me, I had a, I had an R&B. I guess it's kind of... Janae Aiko. Janae Aiko was another album I liked a lot. I liked... Uh, it's it's, like, it's kind of like an EP vein, but I liked uh, R&B artist Victoria Monet. She had a, a yeah. joint called Jaguar. Victoria Monet is also very attractive. It's a great <laughs> video. Uh, but she had an EP, Jaguar, which is really good. Some really good writing in R&B and really good singing. She's dope. I really like her music. Um, and I've been listening to that EP a, a good amount, too. So that was kind of my runner-up for that and non-hip-hop album of the year. You know we like to hook our listeners up from time to time. And we have a hookup for you today. So for the listeners of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can check out one of my favorite sports books, $40 Million Slaves, The Rise, Fall, and Redemption of the Black Athlete by William C. Roden. That's available on audible.com with hundreds of thousands of other books that you can listen to today. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com backslash A-H-T-T. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash A-H-T-T for your free audiobook. Verse of the year. Uh, you'll go first for this one. Yeah, go. Uh, just, just go. <laughs> just go. Just go. I have, I have like six runner ups for this, but I'm not even gonna Yeah, because you're ridiculous. It's six runner ups. Yeah, because we're gonna we're gonna get into I really, I really, I really, really, really wanted to give it to Black Thought. I really wanted to give it to Black Thought. Which Thought verse? Versus Thought versus everybody. Huh? I I really wanted to give it to Black Thought. But then I heard this other verse. Not that long ago, probably within the last month or so, because it just came out on on an album. I was not expecting it. Busta Rhymes had an album, and he had a lot of people on this album. A lot of people. Yes, he did. There was one song in particular that I heard a very familiar voice. uh, And I just kind of put the album on, and I was doing some stuff or whatever. So, like, I wasn't really paying attention to the track list. I was just kind of listening to it through. I don't even remember what what, what number the track was. And then I hear this very familiar voice, and he just starts going in, and I was like, oh, shit. Because uh, I had Thought versus Everybody as my verse of the year. Then I had to alter it. My verse of the year is from old friend uh, Kendrick Lamar, Look Over Your Shoulder. It's it's a lot like Andre 3016, where he just, go, he just bugs out, goes crazy. And I was like, oh, Kendrick is really going to get verse of the year in a year where he doesn't even have that many verses, but it's Kendrick, man. So, like, you know what's Kendrick. funny? I, and when you were saying, when you were talking about the Buster album, I was thinking to myself what what uh, verse this could be. That is undeniably the best verse on that album. However, I think for me, why I didn't choose it, and I have no problem with that selection because it's definitely one of the best. I think why I didn't choose it was I had heard it so long ago. That song had leaked so long ago. That I heard it, that I've it kind of was out of my mind. It's like not this year. Um, you make me rethink my verse. I hadn't heard it until that. <laughs> yeah, and and don't get me wrong, Kendrick. It's probably one of Kendrick's best verses with 
wordplay since the That Part remix, uh, Schoolboy yeah. Q remix, Great point. which is one By of the my... Way, what's, the, what's the Rhymes verse? It's really good, too. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's probably one of my favorite Kendrick verses where you're just like, man, this guy's on another level. Uh, this... This is in there. I agree with it. I can see it's a very it's a mouth jaw dropping verse when you hear the way Kendrick's playing with the words around it and the imagery. It's just really good. My verse of the year came in the middle of the summer and it probably just never changed. I mean, there were other things that came close to it. You mentioned Black Thought um with I liked Black Thought's verse on Say Peace off of Commons album. Um, good morning. There's a lot of stuff I can go with Black Thought on. Stay prisoner. <laughs> I, yeah, I liked I liked uh, Black Thought on um, what's the track? Uh, there's a Toby Nwije song right now, Father Figure with him and Royce. Black Thought's verse on that is crazy. Black Thought has some crazy, crazy, crazy verses this year that were just absolutely. He's, he's as good as he's ever been. Yeah, he's almost fifty. <laughs> he had the free. He had the freestyle for the Roots picnic that was dope. Um, I he also spoke with somebody else that I I forgot his name, but it's another feature where he just goes nuts. It's crazy. Yeah, he's gone nuts on some features. <laughs> like my Black Thoughts features playlist is like, damn, he's got some crazy verses. Uh, another contender for me was um, Tyler the Creator on Freddie mm. Gibbs is something to rap about. Oh, you didn't go with this. I did okay. not go with this. This is not my verse of the year. Uh, Wait, but it, it a couple. Because let me say this, yes. I have a contender from that album too, but it's 1985 by Freddie Gibbs, which is a, which is a really dope verse too. Yeah, uh, my verse of the year though comes off of Conway's from a King to a God album, off the song Lemon, Method Man, Method Man, and we talked about this on the I podcast. You were gonna change your mind at some point. You never backed off. Of it. Nah, I never backed off of it. That never... was in my top. I never backed off of it because this is a verse I will always remember where I was, what I was doing, when I heard it, <laughs> and the wordplay by Meth in this verse. Uh, the plays off the letters C and N and M. I'll say some of the letters. Capone Noriega, this is the kicks off the, the verse. Capone Noriega watches CNN. Black whip, black tint, y'all ain't CNN. It's kind of mess, spread the word, boys, CNN. No CNN, these rappers in the scope, you'll never see an M. Yo, that line right there. Yeah. These rappers in the scope, like a gun, try to break it down for the folks that don't get yeah. it. You'll never see an M, M from the magazine shooting, but also yeah. Interscope, M and M, you're never seeing M. Really yeah. dope, double entendre there. This verse is filled with them. Yeah. Uh, Meth doesn't even curse in this verse. And as we talked about with Static Selector, he has not cursed in some time uh, when he's been rapping. In 10 years. In 10 years. I think his pen has gotten sharper. Yeah. I actually am probably more intrigued to hear an album from Method Man than I probably ever have been, to be quite honest. And not that I dislike Method Man, just saying that I just think he's sharper and it, he's really taking his pen game serious. Um, and no, nah, this verse really got me where I was like, wow. Um, he really killed it. And everybody knew he killed it. Conway, when he tweeted out the song, was like, this is probably verse of the year. Conway, you were right. Um, I mean, which is fine. I have no problem with Brian's pick either with Kendrick. But this was just one where it was just like, man, this is really good. Fits the song. It's hard. It's grimy. It's got the wittiness. It's got the wordplay. The flow is immaculate. Just yeah. salute. Method Man, yeah, OG, 
still in the game. Uh, (laughs) Still keeping that pen sharp, man. Just taking the craft seriously. As hip-hop has, we love that. We, we, We love it. We love that you are taking the craft seriously and still bringing your style to the game and inspiring others. Couple uh runner ups that I mentioned, State Prisoner. Uh Lemon was one of my runner ups, nineteen eighty five. Another verse from Conway's album that I have is actually a Conway verse. It's the verse that kicks off the album from King to a God. Yep. You can't hold me. I spent on a rolly, put it right on the hand of my homie, you can't control me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the Mike Dad Tony line, I'm like, yo. Yep. That's Conway was spitting all over that, but that's another one. And uh, Nas, The Cure. I mean, like that was another one that it was tough to not put. It was tough to not put there. It was tough for me to not put that there too. That's also uh, one of my favorite songs this year that I could just not play once. That's a Nas just skated over that. So it was one of my favorite beats of the year. So there was just so much good going on there. All right, uh, next category. Uh, we're going with hip hop song of the year. Um, you're going first. I'm going first on this. <laughs> so I, this was tough. This was one of the toughest categories for me, man. Um, there's so many things I like this year. Uh, one I'll mention that was a runner up is a song that I had heard the, a snippet to for a while. And then it finally dropped. And I talked about this on the podcast with static. And it was Shine by Joey Badass. I love what Static did with the Roy Air sample. I love that song. It's such a good vibe. Makes me feel good. Love what Joey did with it. Would have liked the third verse, but I love the song. Whatever. Not my song of the year, though. Uh, Other contenders where we mentioned this song in verse of the year. Something to rap about with Freddie Gibbs and Tyler Creator. I love the production by Alchemist on that song. Uh, Freddie's good on it. Tyler really impressed me with his verse on there. I thought it was good. Sky Zoo. Uh, sing comfortably. Also, one of my favorite songs of the year. Just really like that. Talking about just paying homage to artists and giving people their flowers before they're gone. I thought that song was really dope. But the song of the year, when I thought about it, sometimes the song. And Brian and I had this conversation off this podcast, um, in just one of our discussions about the show and what we t- think with hip hop and coming to these ideas of how we select these songs. And we were de- not debating; we were just discussing whether you kind of go with what you think is necessarily the best song or the song that has like either the most impact or matters the most to you this year. And there's all different ways you can go about it depending on the year. For me this year, I, I could argue that some of the songs I mentioned before are actually better songs than this song that I'm going to mention. But I thought this song is a song that meant the most to me. It's about when it dropped in the year, dropped in the middle of the summer. And it was the lead single off of an album. And if you're black, you just got to love it. And that's Ultra Black Nas is my song wow. of the year. You did not see wow. that coming. You didn't see that coming. Yeah. I'm surprised that this song hasn't gotten more consideration in this vein. Like he, this yeah. one, this should be in a Grammy nomination for best rap performance. Absolutely- I, I, I think it's a great rap performance. I think it's a song that it felt great. It was at the time. It was kind of right when all the protests following George Floyd and Breonna Taylor was not really dying down, but sort of at its its peak or so. And this song came out and just feeling all the energy that and everything going from the year and riding around or walking around with it. It just made you feel good. And if you're black, yeah, it's going to hit you differently. You <laughs> felt, I felt black, black and proud as I always am. Don't get that twisted. But the whole ultra black concept was just fantastic. I love the song. I love the beats. Really simple by Hit Boy. 
which is a great delivery. You're right, a great performance, B, by Nas. So I think when I think about this song and just what I felt of it in this year, it hit me like nothing else. And this song, when I still put it on, I still feel that energy, that pride, that, that you know, that just that energy that we're, we're going to win and, and, and we're coming for change. And when I say we, I mean uh, all the people that are here for equality, specifically black people and minorities, people of color that are fighting for that. And I just think you feel that energy with the song. That's going to be something I think about a lot this year. So Ultra Black Nas, lead single off King's Disease. That is my song of the year. It is very rare I pick a lead single as song of the year. Very right. rare. Right. Very I rare. Guess, I guess that surprised me too because like, it's not, like of all the songs we've talked about a lot of King's Disease, we kind of got our conversation about Ultra Black out of the way because it came out first. But I, I'm actually very happy that you made that choice because I think it's an excellent choice. And it fe- like that's one that very much feels like it sort of captures this year perfectly in some yeah. ways. Yeah. I, I, for me, it does. For me, it does. This was very difficult. Uh, my song of the year last year was 5 to 50 by Benny the Butcher. I remember that shit because right. I remember I remember you were a little surprised by that. Benny the Butcher, by the way, uh, had another one that was a runner-up for me. Thank God I made it. This song that I picked is in a similar vein. Uh, and it's actually, like, I'm a sucker for the lengthy, introspective, you know, pour-your-heart-out sort of record. That's six, seven minutes long. Joe Budden was like a master at this at one point of his career, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Nas has done this throughout his career. It's why I like Beautiful Life so much that came off on the Lost Tapes 2 to that's close a, the that's album. That's a great song. This is another song that I don't think it closed the album, but it was right there. This is a song off Conway's album called Forever Dropping Tears ah. with him and El Camino. That's a really good song. And it's just like, also when I heard it, it was seven and a half minutes. And I had to keep replaying it because you could feel like the emotion with all of these guys, because this was a big year for them in terms of their solo releases, specifically Benny and Conway. But like you can sort of feel it at certain points of their album with Benny the Butcher on Thank God I Made It on even Legend and some of the things he was talking about. But with Conway forever dropping tears on front lines, lines. uh, the song he did with Dej Loaf, the name is escaping me right now. But there are a bunch of songs where you can kind of hear this on Seen Everything But Jesus with Freddie Gibbs, which is one of, one of my favorite songs that I, that I played this year. But Forever Dropping Tears was the one for me. Like, this is the kind of record that I really like to close out an album or to be at the last part of your album. The verses are very emotional. He talked about, like, some stuff that he went through with friends or whatever, mm-hmm. Machine Gun, about, you know, getting into a fight with him and that whole thing. We know Machine Gun means to Griselda. Uh, they shot him out all the time, and he was there for them at the beginning, and he's no longer here and stuff. So that one, just in terms of meaning, I had a lot of runner-ups. Like, I had Boldy James, run-ins. Uh, I had a couple joints off the Nas album, The Cure, which we just mentioned, and 10 Points, which is a song that I really like a lot. Um, Thought versus Everybody, but... And another another one that I'm going to save for some for next for next. I keep saying tomorrow. We're not even recording the episode tomorrow. Um, another one uh, that I'm going to save for when we actually talk about this album because this is an album that uh, we haven't talked about at all. That I'm really really high on, and I know I'm going to talk about it tomorrow. But Forever Dropping Tears is my song of the year. So salute to Conway because that's that was a great song on a great album. That was a great great song, great great choice. I'm glad I surprised you with Ultra Black. Um, Ultra Black is an ex is excellent song of your choice it is it is um it is all right 
That brings us to our final category for this episode, which is Artist of the Year. I'm also pretty sure Brian and I have the same pick on this one. We now we have not discussed any of these picks before this, so we don't really don't know what everybody has. It's just kind of off a feeling. I'm saying that. Uh, I'll let you go and lead with this uh, with this one. But what? Who's your artist of the year? Nasir Jones. <laughs> same here. It was not for the first time since really 2012. I could say that. And even then, Good Kid, Mad City came out, so that's debatable, right? Uh, even this year is debatable. Like, there's Freddie Gibbs has a case. Benny has a case. Conway has a case. Uh, there's another artist who I'm not going to mention has a case in this category uh, because I'm going to save that conversation for the next episode. But there are a bunch of artists who have cases for this, uh, but I feel like it was Nas because, look, it, to me, and what almost, like, this wasn't uh, such a layup for me. Because I also thought that with Benny and Conway, they had a lot of great work otherwise, like their guest verses and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. that almost put it over the top for me. But when you look at through the scope of Nas and what he's done this year, and then there's also, he killed that feature on Janae Aiko's album. 10,000 hours, right. Yeah, like, and I keep mentioning that one, but there's, there's a lot of joints that he was in this year. Um... You know, he was on the Dave East record too, Godfather 4. Uh, and like his album is just that good, also. Like it was great. It was a, what felt like a return to form for me. Now that we've gotten to sit with King's Disease for basically four months now, I feel confident in saying that while it's not a top five Nas album, it's one of Nas's better albums, but he's had such a long discography that that's not a disrespectful statement. If I'm ranking King's Disease amongst the other Nas albums, what's I would probably put it, and this is probably a conversation we say for tomorrow, but I would probably put it somewhere in the middle. And I just think that, you know, he made one of his better albums for an all-time great discography. And I felt like he really showed out this year. He popped out and did some interviews. You know what I mean? Hopefully we'll get one at some point. We're working on it. Um, but, you know, I just think it was Nas. And I think that uh, while debatable, I feel great about this decision personally. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, it just, this was not an easy year. I, I, I wouldn't even say, like, as much as I love Nas, I wouldn't say it was, like, a clear runaway. I think the guys you mentioned, I thought Benny could have got it. I thought Conway, you know, they also did their thing on other projects, being on West Side Guns projects, their verses on that. Um, I thought it was a big year for Benny. He probably would be my runner-up uh, in this because I just thought his album showed Same. a lot of versatility. Black Thought 2. Black Thought 2. Um, you know, I thought his album showed a lot of versatility. I thought Black Thought put out a project where, uh, you know, it was kind of closer to an album than his first two streams of thoughts. Um, I'm intrigued into, you know, what he does um, next with that. But for me, it was Nas. I just think Nas, like, kind of like I said, he hit with what I call the song of the year in Ultra Black. Um, I thought he made an album that was, and we'll get to this more tomorrow, that was just really good for the time really uh, connected well sonically. We talked about this on the episode where we discussed this album. It was somebody who was an older rapper but was able to mesh into a modern sound without sounding like they were trying to do too much or trying too hard to connect. And it was just seamless. The production was beautiful. Um, but Nas just was spitting as good as we've we've ever heard him. Um, and that's kind of what holds up in terms of being artist of the year creating good songs, executing good concepts. He did all that across the board, um, even on features. You mentioned Janae, Ghost, 10,000 Hours, Godfather 4, 
He's recently, Alina Baraz's album. Yeah, he's been on the the um the new Salam Remy joint. Um, he's got a joint with uh, Jasmine Sullivan. So he's been doing a, a soundtrack one a bunch also. of stuff too. Yeah, he's been doing a bunch of stuff too. So you know, Nas, just salute to him. You know, we all obviously we're big fans of Nas here. We do the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast, which is why <laughs> which is why we got to get Nas on on the show. But um, yeah, Nas, salute to Nas. Great year for him. Uh, tremendous. We are definitely looking forward to what he's doing next. I hope it is a album with DJ Premier. Um, I'm still hoping for that very, very much. Uh, finger over his lips. Remember. Yeah, I still, I still think it's coming. Nas, Nas, I said we see you. We see you, bro. There's a, there's a video somewhere on the internet of him in a studio with Dr. Dre. You know what I mean? I want to hear whatever that is or what's yeah. that for. Like, yeah. let's, let's go. There's a lot, and it's great. It's great for you know. It's great for us to be able to choose an artist like Nas for Hip Hop of the Year because. A lot of times, and I think this is changing in hip-hop, where we thought older artists, over 40, you know, it's going to be like, oh, they can't still make great music. Oh, they're not going to be relevant because people so focused on the on the youth. Um, but, like, to see artists like him still making mu- music, we didn't even mention the song. He's on, on the Static song with Joey. Oh, um, oh right, that was you one know, of my most played right. songs of the year. Keep it moving. Moving. So, yeah, you know, to see him still keeping it moving and yeah. still doing his thing, it's just absolutely tremendous, and we we salute him hugely for that. All right, so that wraps it for the first part of the A Heart to Tell podcast Hip Hop Awards. Part number two, which Brian is extremely excited for, oh, will come your way. Come. You will hear this uh, a week after this drops, and we are going to go through our 10 best albums of the year, the albums that we think are the 10 best of the year. There probably will be some overlap by Brian and I, uh, but there's going to be a lot of different things in order and how we ranked it. I finalized it. Brian will have a little bit more time to make his decision. You know, no, he's I'm gonna, done. Mine oh, is he's fine. done. Yeah, you know, he's going to have like a six-way tie at ten or something like that. Well, well, nah, we, we, I only got we, one tie. We put it in the rules. You can only have one split tie within ten. That's it. So there'll be none of that. Yeah. Brian had to make his decisions. He says he's done. <laughs> we we yeah. we hope we hope that I'm looking, at, I'm looking at the list right now. I feel I feel very confident. There there are a couple albums that it, it, it hurts to leave off here, but I'm very confident in when I have one through T10. Yeah, I I feel I feel good. I feel pretty good about it. So I feel good about it. All right, well stick tuned with us. Stay tuned with us and uh, stick with us for that episode. But that's it for this episode, episode 160 of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast, the Hip Hop Awards Part One. Please. Continue to support us in any way you can. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, subscribe to Backpack Broadcasting's YouTube channel. Great way to continue to support us and the content that we put out. For episode 160 of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast, he's Brian Fonseca. I'm Dexter Henry. Till next time, y'all. Peace.